Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. In the 12th chapter of the book of Acts, verses 5 through 11, and I want us to stand in reverence to the word of God. This passage in the New King James Version reads, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him and a light shone in the prison and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up saying, arise quickly and his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord, and they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. Amen. May the Lord bless his word. I want to preach for a little while this morning. I want to use the thought, experiencing a breakout faith. Of course, we are in the interior of the narrative that is in the sole historical book of the New Testament, the book of Acts, and the church is experiencing explosive growth. But with that explosive growth, there is also increasing antagonism and conflict and contention around the church's ministry and mission. And yet, in the life of the apostles and those who come to a knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through their ministry, the church is experiencing a supernatural freedom and autonomy that has come to them in the reality of the Lord walking with them through and in their trouble. The ecclesiastical order, the established order, is in a quandary because it seems that every time they try to prohibit or prevent the ministry, the ministry somehow survives the attack and moves to a higher level of impact and significance. We find Peter today in a prison. 
He's been in prison not because he bounced a bad check. He's in prison not because he failed to file his income tax on time. He's in prison not because of some criminal behavior or activity, but he's in prison because of the preaching of the gospel. It is important in order for us to connect to this passage, in order for us to see the relevance of it in our own situations right here and right now, it's important for us to understand that all prisons don't have bars. See, once we make that leap, once we move into that domain, then the text becomes especially relevant to us. All prisons don't have bars. There are relational prisons. There are people who are trapped in bad relationships, corrosive relationships, dysfunctional relationships that they cannot get out of. It seems like every exit leads to a dead end. There are financial prisons. Sometimes we act like we've always had it good. Some of us remember when there was more moth than money. There are experiential prisons. Prisons of addiction. Prisons of loneliness and isolation. Prisons where... We are hostage to some unresolved guilt or remorse. I thought it would be helpful for us today. For those who might be tottering on the brink of quitting. Or those who might be near the path of throwing in the towel. Who are just tired of it. To be reminded that you shouldn't bail out when you can break out. You can experience a breakout faith. Three movements in this text. First of all, there is profiling a relentless adversary. This is verses 5 and 6a. We are for a moment going to become criminologists, profilers in the FBI, not Federal Bureau of Investigation, but Faith Bureau of Investigation. Share with me for a moment as we profile, as we look at the antagonist. And just remember something Jesus said for those of us who are squeamish about adversity. For those of us who seem to be somehow thinking we should have some exemption from problems and, and persecution. Remember what Jesus said in John 16 and 33. He says, in the world, you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Paul said to his son in the ministry, Timothy, he says, they that live godly in this world shall suffer persecution. If you're trying to do what God has called you to do, the enemy will put a bullseye on you. The moment you get serious about living a committed, faithful life on any level of your discipleship, in your marriage, in your home, in your ministry life, on your job, the devil will come after you and he'll come after those you love. And so we need to profile him. Now on the surface, it looks like Herod is the perennial and primary antagonist in this text. 
He's in full attack mode. He has politicized his persecution against the church. If you read in context the opening three verses of this chapter, listen to it in the NIV version. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church. Intending to persecute them, he had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw, when he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. It was politicized persecution. Herod, we profile him in this text as an antagonist, but behind his machinations is a more menacing presence and power because he's just a tool. We don't war against flesh and blood, but we war against powers and principalities, rulers of darkness, and spiritual wickedness in high places, and you cannot deal with this enemy with a MasterCard. You cannot deal with this enemy with a fine suit of dress, an academic diploma. You got to have something on the inside that'll get you through. We're profiling a relentless adversary when we're experiencing a breakout faith. Here's the second one. Practicing a relaxed attitude. This is verse 6b. I want to read this verse in the message paraphrase. I love Eugene Peterson's rendering of what happened. In verse 6 of Acts 12, the message paraphrase says this. Then the time came for Herod to bring him out for the kill. That night, even though shackled to two soldiers, one on either side, Peter slept like a baby. And there were guards at the door keeping their eyes on the place. Herod was taking no chance. Peter was sleeping like a baby. If you read verse 6, the Holy Spirit inspired this passage. You could take that phrase out. You could take it out in the translation. You could take it out in the original and it would still be coherent. But it's almost like God wanted us to know that in this prison experience, in this prison situation, Peter's attitude was such that he could sleep like a baby. When we find him in this text, he's not stressing. He's not straining. He's not stumbling. He's sleeping. He's not worrying. He's not wobbling. He's not waffling. He's sleeping. He's not crying. He's not complaining. He's not criticizing. But he's he's sleeping like a baby. You know why? Because part of having a relationship with Jesus Christ is that he gives us a relaxed mental attitude. The world can't understand this. How you can go through what you go through and can still act as if it's so minuscule, so so minimal that you can just sleep. 
most joyous and bountiful and buoyant and effervescent letter Paul writes in the New Testament is Philippians. There's the word joy or rejoice, uh, one of its cognates in this book, more than any book of the Bible. He wrote it from jail. He, he wrote, my God shall supply all your needs in Christ Jesus. He wrote to live as Christ to die as gay. He wrote, I can do all things through Christ. He wrote it from prison because he made prison his platform. Peter was sleeping. How do you handle your prison? Do you fall apart? So there was this profiling a relentless adversary. There's this practicing a relaxed attitude. But one other thing, and I'm done, there's praising a resourceful ally. We find him at the end of this passage praising a resourceful ally. The Bible, in this text and so many other passages, and we see this very prevalent in the book of Acts, there is this continual narrative about angels. Angels are not mythical. They're not make-believe. The, the Bible says that if you are a child of God, that you travel with an angelic escort ministering spirits sent to those who are heirs of salvation. There's this resourceful ally who comes in as an angel. But you have to know he's sent by God because Peter acknowledges this at the end of the text. And I, I just want to say two things about this ally and what he did that I want us to take away this morning. For those who think that you haven't Experience deliverance. That your prayer hasn't been answered. That God hasn't kept his word unless you can walk out of your situation. Look what happened. An angel of the Lord stood by him and a light shone in the prison. Again, here's a verse that could read okay if you take a light shone in the prison out of it. What happened, first of all, before the doors flung open, is that Peter experienced enhanced lighting inside the prison. This is what upsets the devil. He's got you on lockdown. He thinks that you have no other move than God shows up. Oh, I wish I had somebody here. God shows up and he turns the light on in your situation. You still locked up. You still have the problem. You're still going through the struggle. You're still experiencing the trial, but you have more light. More light. He enhances the lighting. Sometimes all we need to get through is just a little more light. When God shines the light 
into our situations, when we're going through a rough time and he gives us a moment of insight, he gives us a perspective we didn't have anymore, that perspective will LED us. It will lighten every difficulty. Do I have a witness up in here? The problem didn't go away. The trial didn't go away. The sickness didn't go away. The marital problem or issue did not go away. But God gave you some strength. God gave you some joy. God gave you some hope. <laughs> did you not know that LED lights burn 75% less energy? They emit very little heat. When other lights burn out and you have to exchange them, LED lights burn 25 times longer. When every other light you depend on burn out, God is still there. When the job burns out, he's still there. If the marriage burns out, He's still there. If your peace of mind burn out, he's still there. He's still there. And he'll help you sleep through the night. He experienced enhanced lighting inside the prison before he experienced exceptional liberty outside the prison. Sometimes you just got to shout. Not on what has happened, but what you know is getting ready. Sometimes you got to look down the road at what you're going through as you look back the other way about what you've been through. And when you look at what you're getting ready to go through or going through and you look back at what you came through, when you look at this way, you got to start shouting because it is no secret what God can do, what he's done, what he's done for others, what he's done for others. I'm talking about a breakout faith. I'm almost ready to tell the ushers that you need to have oxygen available. The Lord blesses me and I get caught up on those Holy Ghost waves and, and I cannot stop because I know God has been so good. I know he woke me up early this morning, started me on my way. He's a bridge over troubled water. Can I drop a few names? He's Alpha and Omega. He's first and last. He's Christos anointed one. Yes, he is. He's L-O-Lam, which means everlasting God. He's L-O-E, which means God sees me. He's El Shaddai, God Almighty. He's Elohim, my creator. He's Jehovah Borea. Yes, he is. The God who creates. He's Jehovah Nissi. He's my better. Can I drop a few names? Do you know who he is? He's Jehovah Raha. The Lord is my shepherd. He's Jehovah Rapha. The Lord is my healer. He's Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is my peace. He's 
Jehovah Sidkenu. He's my righteousness. I'm so glad. He's a mother for the motherless. He's a doctor for the doctorless. He's so good. If he doesn't come when you want him, he's always on time. Is there anybody that know him? Is there anybody that loves him? Is there anybody serving him? He's evil. He's evil. He's evil. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. is. You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org. For more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.